Sammy. Wow, Bill Maher. There he wow, is. Wow, Sammy. Am I supposed to get up and greet the host? No, no, no. Am I supposed you, to say sitting down? How are you? I can take a little entertainment you've given me. You deserve a rest. <laughs> I, I, however, is going to stand the whole time. So I can okay. feel superior to you because I know you're rich. You're famous. You're a rock star. Speaking of that, I've always wanted to ask a rock star this question. Settle a bet. You get a lot of pussy. Because my friend says no, and I say, no, 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 I got more pussy on the planet no. than anybody on the planet I when I'm I was kidding. a rock star. But I'm married now. I, I mean, how do you adjust from that level of rock star pussy <laughs> to, I'm sure your wife has a fantastic pussy. I, know. I married the best one. That's okay. how you adjust. Really? Yes. I, I've never been able to make that adjustment. But Bill, I'm bullshitting you. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> it's freaking the opposite. Because you don't want the girl that gives the best blowjob. You don't want the girl that gives the best pussy. You want a girl that you feel like she doesn't do this very often. Okay. <laughs> well, I could quibble with a few things there, but before we There's do no that... There's no such thing as bad pussy. Let's just get that out of the way. Well, that certainly is Thank not you. true. There's no such thing bad as... Bad pussy. It's all good. Well, that explains a lot about the rock star lifestyle. Uh... I've heard they like the blowjobs from the fat chicks, that like they'd give the best blowjob or something like that. Uh, I'm not going to get into all that right now. I'm not going to get into all that right now. I feel like Ike Turner right now. Uh, you remember Ike Turner. He, he did an interview with Rolling Stone years ago, and he said, if you want to catch Ike, you bait a trap with pussy. <laughs> I'm going to make a drink with your... No, oh. This is your... Uh, my second round of tequila, you know, Cabo Wabo was my first time in 19. What was it when I made Cabo You know what Wabble? I thought you should name tequila? Yellow baby. You know, because that's what you Explain say. Explain yourself, will you? What? <laughs> Explain yourself. You say it at the, it's the first oh, word you hear. Oh, hello baby. But you, but it sounds like yellow. Hello baby. But it sounds, yeah. Hey, you still got the pipes. Well, yeah. yeah. I thought that would be a great name because then you could make it yellow. I don't want to give the Van Halen. I'm full of good ideas. I don't want to give Alex Van Halen, the last living of the brothers, I don't want to give him any ideas. But why? A 5150 tequila is what's happening. You yes. see, police code and Eddie Stripes on the bottle. Right. If we'd have stayed together, I would have gotten him to do that. Right. Because it was such a. I remember that album was like. The album of that, you know, yeah. the hot summer. 5150 well, time. Which we're entering now, right? Yep. You sound like you're like a summer guy. Cause I know oh, you're... come on. I love the beach. I love the sun. If it gets under 70 degrees, I go to Cabo. Aren't, right. Aren't you like a mafia boss in Cabo or something? <laughs> Don't you like, right? It's kind of like Buford Pusser. Remember that movie, uh, Walking Tall? And it, and it was about a, you know, a, rich guy who kind of owned the town and he had to be taken out. I see that as you. <laughs> well, listen, that town has grown out of me. There's really? people down there that don't even know me. Good to have you here, Sam. Thank you, Wild Bill. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean, don't know you? Well, the town's grown so much now, there's people who come down there who think George Clooney discovered Cabo. <laughs> why, why George Clooney? Because uh, he made Casamigos. He bought a house down there about... Ten years ago. Oh, that is good. That's very smooth. So wait, he. What are you saying? That you got into the tequila thing before him? 1988. I right. made Cabo Wabo. So you were the you were the pioneer of. Isn't that interesting? No, I mean as far as I know, even Jimmy Buffett said, 
Oh, no, 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 I'm not copying you. I'm just making tequila just for my fans. And then he made Margaritaville. Then I said, that's what I'm doing too. Right. You know, this is a better drug. Which drug are you talking about? Well, I mean, I mean, uh, what what has he wasted away again on in Margaritaville? Oh, no, 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 that, that's a margarita. Margarita's the best drink on the planet. It is? Yeah. Tequila's is that the best te- Is spirit. that tequila in a margarita? Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, I should make you a margarita sometime. It's the greatest drink you know, in the world. You know, I drink very sparingly. I save it for when I'm getting wasted with someone I really like. <laughs> no, so. are you going to smoke your reefer? <laughs> I watched you in Tarantino. I watched you in Tarantino. You guys were fucked yes. up. Yes. Yes. And it was awesome. Exactly. It, it entertained you the hell out of me. You're club random, Sam. This ain't the regular world. This ain't the regular podcast world. You notice there is a bit of a difference but what you see yeah. on other podcasts. Come on, this is... You remember the, the, the song from Donovan, Mellow Yellow. They used to smoke banana peels oh, yeah. in the well, 60s. Is that right? The you hippies know, did it. I thought that was a joke. No. Smoking a banana peel. Some th- people, they did it. They thought they were getting high. I, I know certainly guys. remember it, but I was like 12 years old, not close to when I even started smoking uh, cloves. Uh, and I thought it was, a, they were kidding. There was a, uh, do you remember a band called Ultimate Spinach? Yeah. I think I still uh, I have could, LPs of theirs. I couldn't sing you one of their songs, but no, I remember no Ultimate Spinach. They yeah. were not good. Um, but, that, but that was like a, a theme of that 60s, you know, yeah. bananas. <laughs> Electrical banana. That was a Donovan song. Electrical banana. Oh, yes. be the very next craze. Well, Donovan was fantastic. He was. Honestly? I like Donovan better than Dylan in the beginning. It's just that Dylan went on to stay great, oh. and Donovan kind of just faded out. I don't know I what like he did. I like a lot of people better than Dylan, although there are... Now, easy now, easy, bro. Okay. One of the greatest lyricists ever I, in the history yes. of history. Okay, but I don't... Uh, a lyricist, exactly. It's music. Um, I mean, look, to his credit, he proved that you don't have to sing to be a singer. I mean, he... <laughs> he sings in his way. I mean... Uh, I have many issues with Dylan. Of course, he is a great poet and did change the culture. And there are, I mean, look, I measure uh, artists by like how many, I use the old iPod. And how many songs, because I like to cultivate exactly what I like. You know, if any artist has 20 songs in my iPod, it means I, that's, that's a lot. That is a lot. And you do. Lots of people do. Lots of people don't. Dylan has... 2025, so I'll give him that. I love uh, some of the stuff that, like, early 80s, which was like people hated him, and it, and it was more, uh, it was like produced. It was like, you know, produced. Lay, Lady, Lay. Where, the, where, well, like that was 69. Nashville Skyline? Yeah, that's that was a great that, that was that old? See, to me, I love the change yes. when they started doing that, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you know, <clears> like a Rolling Stone. Yeah, is well, that great. was old. Once they though. made it, you know, kids don't remember. I, I was even too remember to, young to remember this, but when he went electric... That was a big cultural moment, right? Yeah. Why don't you talk about that a little? Well, <laughs> Tell the because the band, what, what happened? He in had 19- the band, you know, Robbie Robinson and the band and Levon Helm, and those guys were kind of an electric folk band, but they were bad. I, I love that band. Okay, so and for Bob, the, for the Bob kids, got booed off stage with that with those guys. Poor guys. Because he went electric. Yeah. Okay, at, at, but but set this in a historical moment for kids who are like, what are they talking about? The band. Kids, there was a band called The Band. Yeah. Okay, that's the first thing we got to clear up. And they were. But then, okay, so Dylan started out just playing acoustic. And it was much more like folk music. His heroes were like Led Guthrie and Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie. 
I think that's horrible. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm I wasn't not, big on that either. No. I mean, I, I guess for its moment, for its time, you know, uh, I'm sure if I listened to Burl Ives long enough, I'd kill myself. But okay. Then he, he, <laughs> he explodes on the scene, uh, Dylan, in the early 60s, but with the folk, you know, how many, <laughs> you know, blowing in the wind. and Protest. He, protest he, he got part of that song. hippie movement, you right. know, that thing. And then, well, it was before the hippies. And then in 65, he, according to this, sells out. I mean, this is a theme we've seen in music before. Whoa, Bob, when did he sell out? But, well, no, <clears throat> by going electric. Isn't that why they were protesting? Oh, I see what you're saying. In their view? No, to me, as an artist, he, I think he just made his changes and decided he wanted I agree, wanted, but yeah. wasn't that their point of oh, view? Oh, I see what you're saying. That they yeah, were yeah. saying, you're yeah. a sellout. That why were they booing him? Because he went electric, as if electric was... You know, somehow, you know, selling out to, man, electricity, we're with the Amish over here. No electricity. What the Bill, fuck was that? do you think you're going to get booed for doing this kind of stuff instead of doing your show? Your political incorrect no, show? People are, my politically incorrect. You know that show went off like an... I know, but you know, I mean, but the, those fans, you know, you know how people are. Well, my they, show now is real time. And, yeah. And but, it's... And it's a very different show. But it's did a, you get booed when you did that then? Of course not. What, why would I get booed? Well, because people, they get hung up on what you do, and then they get pissed when you're trying to Actually, change. Actually, they, they love this show. It's a different, uh, somewhat overlap audience, but also uh, a different kind of audience because it's not political. Well, I like it. That's why I came. Yes, exactly. Uh, first thing I said was, okay, we're not talking politics. All right, no, I can go back. No, and it's, and it's how I am when I'm just exactly <laughs> doing this. I mean, there's... All my career has been an attempt to like get the the conversations that we have off stage on camera, and I keep trying to get closer and closer. This is as close as I can get. You have no socks. <laughs> well, I have no, some, I mean, but they didn't wear them. <laughs> you have no <laughs> you have no socks, and I have no agenda. And well, I'm yes. Well, I, if I may say, please that. I think I'm probably getting contact high here from this thing, but I, well, I, you don't smoke I, I wanted to compliment you. No, I, I can't. I'm a singer. I smoke it once in a while when I'm on real vacation. For you. Right now, I'm, I'm in the middle of rehearsing because I have a show starting on the 8th of this month. Maybe that's what fucked up Dylan's <laughs> voice. <laughs> well, maybe, but no, I can't smoke. I can smoke them. I like it. I love the way it smells, um, but it makes you forget shit, when, what, what you were trying to say. But you look really healthy, Bill. Mm. Honestly, I mean, I got to tell you, you're you're, just did a you're aging well. Oh, right. you did because so your you. skin looks fucking great. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not no. Fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think we started this conversation out <laughs> establishing that. What's happened with William Shatner? Why am I always having gay experiences uh, William, in these? Chairs? Oh, do I love William Shatner? Yes, he sat there. I, I love. He, I don't know him, but I just love him. He's such a character. Well, I mean, we're gonna have a party for all previous. Club random guests, and you will meet him. Oh, please, yes. please. I, and you yeah. can meet some of the TikTok kids we have on. That's one reason we call it Club Random. Not only is the furniture and the appointments, appointments random. It's badass. No, it's a cool It is. Place, it's a great man. little yeah. club. Got a vibe. Uh, somebody man. called it a man. It's not a man cave. Man nah, caves are for, just... for married guys with fish on the wall. <laughs> this is a nightclub, and, and the people who might sit there are rather random. But, you know, I can't deny, when I sit down with someone closer to my own age, there's just a simpatico because we live the same life. We saw the same things for 40 years that these kids didn't see. They're wonderful kids, but they can't possibly, you know, have the understanding that we would have, like, almost immediately, right? 
Because no, we I've probably got kids. Had a similar, I can tell you. What was your childhood? Was it Leave It to Beaver like mine? Oh hell yeah! I, I loved, but I loved comedy when I was. I, I was Lauren Hardy, Abbott and Costello, because it was so funny. It was right. like you know. Well, nowadays, nowadays you can't you can't even say you like something exactly. like that. But uh, yeah, because I, mean, I did. It was, I, I millions of people. It did. was fucking amazing. Of it was. Course. Fa- I mean, yeah. I've made this point many yeah, times with but, people but who, we don't, who yeah. want to get in their woke time machine and go back to when everybody. My argument to them is then just arrest everybody because everybody <laughs> was in on it. Everybody was in yeah. on it. It's just where civilization was. Leave the past alone. I just and say. more to the point, if you lived back then, you would have been the same asshole. Yeah. You're not exactly. superior. You came later. You're the same asshole we all are. It's a continuum <laughs> called humanity. You're more enlightened nowadays. We're all more enlightened nowadays. We get enlightened. Yes. We go up. But when you're talking about how your whole life you just wanted to do something that's, that's you know, the real you and how you really are. Yes. That, that's exactly what I did with my career when I left Van Halen. I said, I am going to dress the way I dress. I'm going to say what I say. I'm going to write songs I want to write. I'm going to be me right. on stage, on stage and off stage. In Van Halen, we would have a show, you know. We were pretty, pretty loose and jammy, but not completely, you know, we get dressed up to go on stage. You did. Yeah, I, I don't remember. believe in that shit anymore. No, I you just roll the uh, get up, go. I got a gig. Right. Okay, I go right now. I'm ready to go. Right. You know, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> so what? You dressed like the Temptations? I don't remember this. Well, where you had uniforms. Well, and, um, we got road cases. You really? Know, and full of clothes and so shit. So I see. So you had like a stylist who yeah, put you in a sometimes. rock star. You know what? You know who still does that? I think the Rolling Stones. Yeah, they do. They do. Mick you Jagger. Tell. Yeah, no. they always have a... And I love the Rolling Stones, but right. I just, I don't roll that way anymore. And, right. and, and it so feels so comfortable. <laughs> like what you're doing, this feels so much right. more comfortable. Oh, yes, it right? is. Right? Club Random is supported by SignalWire. If you've been on a video conference recently, you know how it goes. Laggy, choppy video and audio. It sucks, but still not as bad as having to put on pants for an in-person meeting. But this experience doesn't have to be so bad. This experience can be amazing. That's where SignalWire kicks ass and takes names. SignalWire's tech arsenal allows developers to create better real-time video apps and fast. From the little things, like actually being able to hear subtle audio cues, to the big things, like being able to support broadcast quality audio and video for thousands of participants, SignalWire empowers developers to create more natural, real-time interactive experiences. Better remote work, remote learning, telehealth, interactive experiences for live sports or concerts. And with SignalWire, you can build whatever you can imagine because it provides developer tools to help you get your app up and running with a few clicks and a snippet of code instead of months of complex development work. It's been the choice of TV and film studios for remote looping and audio recording. Visit SignalWire.com slash random to sign up for a free account and receive an additional 5,000 video minutes for testing your app or integration. Go to SignalWire.com slash random. Cancel crappy video and be light years ahead of the competition with SignalWire. Go to SignalWire.com slash random. Did you know streaming services hide thousands of shows and movies from you based on your location? The one thing the algorithm does get right is that nobody anywhere wants to watch a movie where Francis McDormand shits in a bucket. But if you want all the choices from your favorite streamer, you can solve it by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN lets you control which country you want your favorite streamer to think you're in. Kind of like a married guy on a business trip. 
ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time you run out of stuff to watch, you just switch to another country to unlock new shows. And here's the best part. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services too. For example, you can use it to watch BBC iPlayer. That's right, you no longer have to be in England to be bored to tears. ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, laptop, even smart TVs. So you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. So stop paying full price for streaming services, only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com random. Don't forget to use my link so you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN free. That's expressvpn.com random. Expressvpn.com random. What are, you, no, what are you drinking now? Well, this is... <laughs> This is a, a comfortable day. These what are easier than drinking straight tequila. The sun hasn't gone down yet, Bill. Right. You know what oh, I, mean? I see. So this is just a, a, a cocktail. It's a, a tangerine dream. It's, it tastes like a creamsicle, and it's oh. it's tangerine and cream, basically, wow. in a, a light alcohol-based, 5.5 rum-based. So it's like a beer. Where did you grow up? Fontana, California. Oh, Fontana. Where's that? About 60 miles from here, Kaiser Steel Mill, San Bernardino, Riverside, Inland Empire. Do you remember Wayne Fontana? Yeah, yeah, Wayne Fontana was, and, and, and the, the CC. Mind, and the no. Mind Benders. Oh, and the Mind Benders, that's what I it was. They, had they a, sang, the purpose of a man is to I couldn't tell you what they did, but yeah. The purpose of a woman is to love a man. I'm <laughs> older than you. How can you remember that shit? I was like That, that must have been. That, yeah, that was like mid-60s. Yeah. Um... But so you grew up in Fontana, and what was that? Just a regular, generic steel town. My dad worked a in the steel, steel town yeah. in, in California. Yeah, Kaiser Steel. They shut it down about oh. fifty years ago. So or you, more. So you had the two point five children, mom stay at home experience. Dad worked at the steel mill. And <sighs> yeah, stopped off but at the tavern. Unfortunately, yeah, stopped at the tavern every night. And really? Unfortunately, yeah. When I was about five years old, they finally split up for good. My dad, oh. he, when he got drunk, he got violent. He would beat up cops. He would be driving home. Beat up from, cops. Yeah. Nice. My dad was an ex-fighter. So he was a tough guy. And so I looked up to my dad like, well, my dad could beat up your dad. It was that kind of thing when I was a kid. Right. And he could. But he would get pulled over by the <laughs> cops, and he'd just get out of the car and knock the guy out with one punch and get back in the car and drive home. And there were no repercussions? In a small town. Oh, yeah, like two hours later, he's sitting on the couch smoking oh. a cigarette, drinking a beer, and knock, knock, knock. Five policemen are out there. Come on, Robert. Come on out. Now, come on. We got You got to take you to jail. They knew him. He was a small town. And I'd be sitting there. My dad would get up and duke it out with but five now, cops. Now they would put him in jail for like 20 years. I know. He, he went to road camp And what once. was it? Just like Otis? He They put him in the cell and Andy took the key and they let himself out later? I don't really know really what happened, to be, be honest but with you. But he wasn't in jail your whole childhood, was no, he? No, quite a bit. Oh, he, oh, he yeah. was. He yeah. was literally <laughs> in jail. Yeah. Yeah, my mom, oh, would, wow. would, she finally, like said, she finally left. Did He'd get kids violent. tease you about that? Like your daddy's a jailbird? Yeah, when I they got my did. teenagers, see, when I got to be 13 or 14 and start looking in the girls and going over their house, and I remember going to my one of my girlfriend's house and her father, I, I go there after school, I walk her home holding hands in junior high, we go in the house, we're in, in, a, in sitting in her den, you know, <clears> like listening to records or something. Her dad walks, oh, daddy, hey, I want you to meet you know, my friend, Sammy Hagar. And he goes, Hagar, is your father named Robert? I said, yeah. He said, get the hell out of my house. Oh, Jesus. He, took, he kicked me out of the house. No kid, I'm not joking. Wow. I was so humiliated. And man, my girlfriend, she was thinned out. And 
And that was yeah. the end of the relationship? No, that, that started putting me into a downward spiral. I really started getting into Is that right? hanging out with bad kids and, and doing, doing and bad stuff. And how old stuff. were you at this time? About 13, before and I so, got a car. So that was a, yes, and you know, not to make everything like relevant to today, <laughs> bigger <laughs> issues, but the idea of visiting the sins of the past onto people who had nothing to do with them I could make a case that that is relevant to some things that are going on today. Yeah, probably. You didn't do it. Yeah. You didn't do it. Your Small father town. did it. it was... And so for you to get blamed must have engendered a great resentment in you. My dad because had beat the didn't... guy up in a bar. That's what it came down to. He'd been in a bar with him. And... But you didn't. No, <laughs> I believe in individual responsibility. That's what I'm saying, right? I would have after the way he treated me. Right. But we're individuals. Yeah. You know, we're not all, we're, we are, we belong to classes and races and colors and things, but we are individuals. Um, <laughs> this is the great lesson of your childhood. Well, it's so, it, but it then was you harmful. got in with a bad crowd. Yeah, so it, it, it was, was actually drove you. It was such. A, it was a fulcrum. It was a turning point. I felt like a loser. Point. I started feeling like a loser because of my right. dad. And the guys that would that weren't wow. making fun of me or, or giving me shit about it were the you know the tough guys in town. Man, your dad's a badass, man. Yeah, I know a guy that was in jail with him. Yeah, he said he was really fucking cool. You know, so I started hanging around with those kind of guys. Crazy right. as it sounds, you know, I, I made it out of it. Whew. But um, and yeah, you know, I started taking I drugs mean, and stuff, smoking weed and drinking and. Yeah. Well, not all of those things are bad. <laughs> so, 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 one I out did, of three. I did, though. But back then, you got caught with weed. You went to jail, pal. So uh, do you remember uh, the time? I just have to ask you this before you get too stoned and don't remember anything. Oh, I, it's already passed. That doesn't... Oh, oh, boy. Do you remember when I was on your yes. show, Politically Correct, and afterwards incorrect. you said... Yeah, incorrect. You said... There's the sign right behind you. Oh, I can't see it. Turn around. Well, oh, it's behind me? <laughs> it's, it's like 10 feet tall. Oh, right? that one. Oh. You sat next to that sign. You, oh. you know, if you, almost like we are now. Well, I don't remember that much about it, <clears throat> except afterwards, <laughs> you asked, you said, hey, man, come back to my dress room. You, know, you want to smoke some weed? And I think, <laughs> really? I yeah. did? Back then. I so must you, have really you, liked you. I didn't usually do that. You took me into the dress room, and you, and you had a backpack or something. You were whipping everything apart, and you couldn't find a joint. You said you had a joint, and I, I didn't really want to smoke it because I, I, don't, I don't do that well on weed. I do, but you don't want to be around me. I, I, I start laughing yeah, so hard. Yeah, no, I, it doesn't. I can't, right. I, can't, I can't deal with people. My wife and I, before I came here, she said, ask him if he remembers that because she was there with me. And then we just... That, that uh, no, I don't remember that. I remember... It was fun. We liked you. That. We said, yeah, he was a cool guy, man. Right. Fuck, you know? Well, that's why we got together and yeah. we're 28 years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm fascinated by this turning point in your life because, oh, again, I'm not trying to make everything relate to what's going on, but we can't help but think these days about after the school shooting and shit and what <laughs> makes young men who feel like losers do things and it's interesting like this is the only country where like when you feel like a loser it's like other countries you just go hang themselves but it's like no i'm going to take a lot of people with me yeah there's, there's some something people. very american yeah. about that mm. and i'm not saying that as a compliment yes no, we're an exceptional country we take people with us when we when we go off the deep end but i think now part it has to do with guns let's not get into that debate of course, that's part of the equation. But just the loser part. I think in your era, that didn't enter your mind. I'm a loser and I'm going to kill other people, right? No, not in my mind. But... Right. 
But that feeling of I'm a loser, I know that feeling too. That I think one of the best things they could do for gun control is just raise it from 18 to 21. We're not going to stop. That's a great. That's a great. Because that those years that, that would help. are just horrible years. Yeah. You're so vulnerable to being a fucking idiot because yeah. you are a fucking idiot, and you don't know, and you don't have what the poet called the memory of outlived sorrow. You have to outlive sorrow once to know you're going to wow, do it again. That's that's a nice that's a nice line. I, I will steal that in a song sometime. Well, it's again. I, I said the poet. Great, I didn't write but it. But that would be a great love song <laughs> line. You know? It is a great line. It, that's why I remembered for, it. For a love song, it'd yes. be like you know, outlive the sorrow, but break the memory for, of outlived yeah. sorrow. You have yeah, yeah. to. It, it, that's something that you like need that. in your arsenal. I remember when my first girlfriend dumped me at seventeen. I was suicidal because I thought, oh, it will <laughs> never be different. Yeah. Once you get through it once, you go, okay, the sun does always come out tomorrow. <laughs> let's, let's sing that one, shall we, Sam? Well, you, you have the to. Sun that will comes come with out. age, my friend. That, that, that's a long way from 18 to 21. But, yes, it does help. That's a, that's a rough age. I think teenagers today, I can't imagine the pressure they're under with, oh. with Instagram and, and, and all the right. stuff. Oh, I don't have followers. And people, they're so cruel. They say things to yes. you. They're snipers. I call yes. them internet snipers because they don't know yes. you. So they say, yeah, you fucking asshole. You're so ugly. I can't stand you. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. some poor no, teenage absolutely. girl. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, and, and there are repercussions of that that we know. There is a yeah. lot of suicide from bullying yeah. and kids who are just, I mean, just cruelty in general. so anxious. There's such anxiety. You know, I had anxiety going to school. It's because I was worried that I was going to get picked on because I often was. Um, but it would be nothing like what if they could get me also when I went home on my phone where you could never get away from it. Yeah. That, you know. No, that's true. This, it's, 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 it's rough. I can't imagine growing up in this, in this generation with my mentality of who I am now, I'm probably who you are today. You it, it, throw me back into this new world as a teenager like that. I was probably right. I, I I don't know if I was tough enough or if I was too sensitive. I don't know which one, but one of them it wouldn't work. <laughs> Either one of them it just wouldn't work. In, in, I wish in though there was texting. I could have done so. I was painfully painfully shy. Couldn't talk to a girl. And if I had texting, I think I could have done a lot of damage. I think I could have like silver tongued my way. In. I do it to my wife when we get in a fight. Whoa. And she's upstairs and I'm going to bed and I'm stay downstairs. I text her sweet thing, honey, I'm sorry. That oh. I couldn't walk up like a man and walk in that <laughs> fucking bedroom and go, honey, right. I'm sorry. Right. Because <laughs> probably she'd say, fuck you. But does, so, it, but does it work? Yes. It's oh. a, it's, I, that's the only thing I love about <laughs> texting is that it yeah, works. It shortcuts a lot of stuff. And it's so much easier to do to say, I love you to someone in a text and when you look them in the face and you want to yell at them and call them names. <laughs> uh, anyway. How do you come back from fights? Like that? To me... Any, I, never, I never got that in a relationship. And it's on my mind because, I, you know, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. I mean, it's, oh, like, it's like, well, you fucking cunt. You, you threw a bottle at my head. You cut my finger off. You put a bottle in me. You know, this you shit in the bed. I you I wanna fucking fuck your skull. I, I, I wanna block you in the trunk of a car. How do you have that one night? Well, and then, I don't have that kind of relationship, see, to be honest with you. 
I have a really wonderful. So you never get too angry. Oh, we get in fights, and and my but, wife. Not where you say things like that. No, hell no. You no. don't I say, say I want to lock you in the trunk. And, nah, no, no, nah, I just say you know what, you know, I'd say things <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm sick of this shit, you know, and and go in the other room or something, you know. Meaning sick of the fight, not yeah. not the marriage well, itself. Well, and sick of you, be, you know, oh. and you're complaining or you're demanding or you know. Whatever it is that causes the fights, you know that's a funny thing. I don't even know. You know what causes fucking fights in a long-term relationship? Like I, I've been married uh, 25, 26 <laughs> years, but we've been together. As long as years. you know the date of the marriage, you don't have to know how many. November twenty-seventh. That's what. The, that's the one you have to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's October twenty-second, but twenty-second. No, it's this is November. But you know the thing is, is that is, is we, once we get in these big fights, and if it goes like I, I go cold, I, I don't talk. I don't want to talk to you for days. Know. Yeah, sometimes like I, that's the bad ones. But then you forget what the fuck you were fighting about, and that's the craziest thing. You sit there and go, "Now what the hell started this?" And really? Then you, yeah, and if you try to discuss it, she'll say, "Oh, well, you said," and you go, "Wait a minute, I didn't say it." And the fight goes on again. So you know, it's like the, I believe you just. You rise above. I'm a big elevation guy. I say, don't waller in the mud. Don't get the therapist in there. Start stirring the shit up more and say, well, yeah, right. yeah, Just say, I forgive you. Move on. And it's my favorite thing in the world. In any situation. Not bury your head in the sand. No, no, no. So what percentage of days of the year of the 365 would you say are you in fight mode with the wife? Oh, probably 15 or 20. 15 or 20. Yeah, we're doing good, I think. Right. <laughs> so for two to three weeks of each year, I mean, to put yeah. it that way, like you would, you would say if, you, if somebody gave you a contract and said, look, there's going to be a, a, something that for 48 weeks out of the year, you're going to be very happy and you're going to be very glad. That, but here's the other part of it. There's always a few deuces in every deck. There's three weeks of the year which are just going to be miserable because, of course, I know what it feels like when you're in a relationship and you're fighting with someone. You just can't feel good about anything. Until that gets fixed, you can't find joy. No, you get in fights, you get right. with your partners and your other friends. Right, and, but it's like you can't yeah. enjoy the ball game. You can't, it's always sort of there gnawing at you, which, <laughs> which sucks out loud. But three weeks out of 52, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just listening, Sammy did the, uh, what is that, the surfer? Uh, no, this I love you. I love, this I that, love you more. Oh, no, yeah. but what's this? That's the... Uh, oh, Shaka. Oh, yeah, like uh, yeah, Surf's sh Up or uh, yeah. Hang in Ten. Yeah, Hang Ten is Shaka. That's yeah. a Hawaiian thing. I, so I love that. Thing. You started in the Beach Boys when? I'm sorry. Oh, I have the Beach Boys. I love the fucking Beach yeah. Boys. Oh, of course. Come on, the Beach oh, Boys. They oh, invented oh, I, lifestyle. Jimmy Buffett and I wouldn't be shit without the Beach Boys. Is that right? Kenny Chesney, any of those guys. Kenny Chesney? Oh, Kenny Chesney's got a big lifestyle thing going, man. He big sells the big lifestyle thing. He sells out stadiums, man. Lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying it's a lifestyle. It's like oh, Jimmy I thought Buffett. you meant the Beach Boys music. No, no, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> you the don't Beach like Boy, the music itself? Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, J Jimmy Buffett, you know, was kind of became a lifestyle guy. It's all about this beach, and I mean, boats about sailing, you know, boats and 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 the, the Caribbean and all that, right? But you were never a guy. I'm who, a Mexico who, guy. Who, brought it from Cabo. Right. But, but the Beach Boys started. The lifestyle. Sure. Oh, I see what you're saying. See, yes, they, they did. They right. were surfing this, right. talking about it, about beach, going to Hawaii, going to you know everything. You know. But when I think of the Beach Boys, I think of those amazing harmonies. They were fantastic. And you were a, you were a guy I feel like who always had to live without the um, certainly in Van Halen, 
you know, you didn't have the luxury of people harmonizing behind you. It was kind of all you, vocally. No, Michael Anthony. Oh, Michael Anthony, my partner in crime. He's in my band with the circle, my new band. Michael Anthony's voice in Van Halen was all that that sound. You're like, right now! You hear him, it's kind of like kind oh. of a high, kind of like a trumpet kind of a guy, you know. I that standing was, on top I thought that was the, the guitar. <laughs> well, that, that was stuff was going on in here, but Mikey was always but, above me. But do me. you have good relationships now? Above me. Mikey with all and I those guys? Best friends. Alex and I don't talk, and Eddie's passed. It's Did, what I, about before he passed? We, we was, connected right, right the last four or five months. We were talking about really? getting together. Oh yeah, but we were we we butted heads hard. Oh, I know. On it, but on you know that. that's exactly what McCartney always says about Lennon. Yeah. When they always ask him about that, and of course it always comes up, and he says, "Well, the thing I feel good about is that before he went, our last few conversations were about families, baking bread, kids. Yeah. You know, so." To me, I guess that that is something that soothes the Beatles fan. To me, it's kind of sad because it's saying, well, we who shared so much and so deeply, now the only way we can get along is to you know, like sort of just talk about trivial bullshit things that you could talk with somebody, some stranger on the subway about yeah. baking bread. That Beatles, that Beatles documentary thing, that, yeah. that broke my heart. I couldn't even watch it the because last one. Broke your heart? Why? I couldn't stand to see that how they acted to each other. John Lennon's one of my all-time artistic heroes, and what were they? I didn't, didn't, what were they doing? Oh, he was being a prick to who? To Paul, and I, I never respected Paul as much as John. John was being a prick to Paul. Yeah, he By wasn't doing going what? along. He was he was disrupting all the creative process on that last record on that Let It Be thing no, when Paul he, wrote. No, oh, that's the way I saw it. I saw it the exact opposite. Oh man, I thought him and Yoko were just like making it really hard for Paul to get the band to be creative together. They were butting heads to me. I see, I've been in bands okay. my whole life. I, I must give the alternative view, which, oh, by the way, please, is please. Martin Lewis, who's the world's utmost expert and my friend on the Beatles, concurs with this completely. We always thought at that point in the Beatles' uh, journey, 69, the end, John had already gotten on and off heroin. Um, or maybe he was about to. What you know? He was. Yeah, no, he was. He, he, yeah. he was. He was not. He was not as committed to the group as he was in the early years. He was definitely the guiding spirit and boss of the group in the early years. Then he'd lost interest, especially after Yoko. So I thought I was going to see a guy in the studio who was disaffected and disinterested and who was into Yoko, complete opposite. He totally ignores Yoko the whole time. She just sits there like a statue. He never <laughs> says a single word. And what we found out, the, the big bottom line story in that special is it was always Lennon and McCartney. That's yeah. what it was at the beginning. That axis, that's what it was at the end. With most rock bands, you and Eddie, whatever it is, it's this two-person axis. It is. And it was still that. When George Harrison walks out, they completely throw him under the bus. I they know. don't have a... a it they broke have a, my it's, heart. It's I that, it's that one be... that where they have, they only have the audio of it. It's John and Paul at lunch yeah. or something. They only have the, they have the audio. And they don't say, what can we do to get our buddy George back in the band? They go, okay, Eric Clapton, uh, you have his number. Uh, you yeah. know, it was just... It broke my heart. I'm sorry. I, the treachery... 
that I, I just didn't expect that. Oh, it's not treachery. And I thought, well, it's treachery. You have to be in a band to understand that. It feels so bad. You feel like these guys are your brothers, and when they stab you a little bit, or, well, or if, you know. That's and, the most treacherous thing I could think of, is that they did throw well, George Well, I just think Paul was really trying to write some fucking amazing songs. And he was. Yes, he was. And I don't think John was helping him. Like, I thought they would be more of a writing team. I expected John right. to be John going, was oh, that's such a great part, Paul. Oh, we should do this. Oh, yeah, here, I got an idea. But John was well, just kind of... Again, in the, in, the, in the second half of the Beatles' career, when they arguably did the best stuff, yeah. um, definitely Paul was the leader. I put this theory forward. It's been unpublished now somewhere. I can't remember where. Um, so I don't feel like I'm... Uh, um, and it wasn't refuted by anybody, but who knows, it's a theory. The reason why I think the Beatles broke up is not because of Yoko, is no. because they had a competition, a friendly competition. And to them, the pseudum bonum of that competition was to get the A side of the single. They loved singles much more than albums. You know, they did not put the singles the best on the albums of all yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Amazing albums, but the singles were not on the albums. The single was a different entity. So who got the A side of the single? To them, that was like, and at the beginning, they co-wrote the songs, and John certainly had his share. You know, he wrote most of... Um, it seemed to be coming from his, his he was the, 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 uh, the, you know, this fountain, the... The, the seed, he was more like the seed. Hey, I got yeah. this idea, you could yeah. tell. but also great, I mean, yeah. look, right up into the end, he wrote great songs. He did. Just not as he many did. in the second half. Yeah. He once said, you know, Paul calls me up and says, uh, he's got 10 new songs. Jesus, now I gotta write 10 new songs. See, he needed that prod, but he yeah. did. I mean, there, he's got great songs on Sgt. Pepper. I love his he's, solo yes. stuff too, come on. But A-side singles. From like mid-60s on, he never got one. I mean, imagine writing a song as great as Strawberry Fields Forever, but the A-side is Penny Lane. You know, yeah, you, you write... can hear the difference, too. There it is. There's, there's Lennon, and then, there, then there's Penny Lane, that's Paul. Yeah, there's right. no question, but yeah. You write Revolution, but the A-side is Hey Jude. To lose that battle... I think was something he could not keep. That's up really deep to. shit you're talking about. I, I right think now. so. Yes, I, it I've is. I've been in bands my whole oh, life. Thank you for. And that, no, I'm telling you, no, that's that's deep <laughs> shit because it's true. You understand that right. that is the thing. Right. That is the thing between two. That that's. Oh, you look at all the singles. He get back with Paul's. He did not have. Yeah, I didn't. Lady like Madonna. That, yeah. The, they're all their singles from like that mid '60s paperback writer was Paul McCartney. All the and he just hit rain was a great song. That's the that's the flip side of paperback writer, you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't. So See, I don't remember those single things. I I was over singles by that time. I I couldn't afford them or one or the other. What do you mean you couldn't afford? You, I was oh, pouring oh, I my ass until I fucking oh, right. made it. Right. So <laughs> I, mean, well, I couldn't buy when shit. We, when we last you left. said, you remember <laughs> those movies? You ever see that movie? I said no. Back then, I didn't have enough money to go see the movies. You know. Club Random is supported by Warby Parker. Do you know about Warby Parker? When I first heard the name, I thought he was an old point guy for the Knicks. But then I found out this is an awesome eyewear company. Warby Parker offers everything you need for happier eyes. Eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. And you can shop with them online or in stores. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. Warby Parker's home try-on program is great. 
Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free. You just try them, order what you like, and drop the samples back in the mail. Here's how it works. You take a quiz, and they send you a box of glasses to your home to try on. The glasses look and fit great, and it's so easy. Or you can leave your house and go buy some. Your call. Warby Parker sunglasses look like the ones that cost 600 bucks, and you lose in 10 seconds because that's just how shades work. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com random. That's warbyparker.com random. So when we last left 13-year-old Tammy Hagar, he had had his heart broken by the father of the woman he loved. Embarrassed, I got embarrassed. Got embarrassed, understandably, felt like a loser, long shot of you walking by the railroad track. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, that was a route home to my house. (laughs) Beer bottle thrown out of a window. Okay, so then when did you get in your first band? Shortly after that, it's about Shortly? 15, 15. 15? Yeah. So it kind of led to rock and roll. It did. So, you know, I felt like somebody right. I got on stage, even if I wasn't great, you, see? you know, girls would think, oh man, you know, he's kind of cute. You look cute. You look cuter on stage than you do off stage. You know, there's something about that thing, you know. So it, my theory that rock stars get a lot of pussy they, is the correct. It is absolutely correct. A lot of them do. Okay. You know who I think I probably gets more, got more pussy than anyone though? What? Probably more than anyone. I bet you Rod Stewart got more pussy than anyone ever. I, ha- I had him on Real Time three weeks ago. I think he's your exact age. He is. Like, yeah. 75? Well, I'm, I'm 75 you look ama- amazing for yeah. 75. I saw that show. I watched it. Oh, And, and right. he was great. He was so yeah. charming. And he's still, yeah. you know, I bet he still gets a lot of pussy. <laughs> well, I mean, he did he, not even want me to talk about it in the past because yeah. he's married now. Uh, so you know, I. Because I said to him, because I had read it in his book, that he, he wrote in the 80s, sometimes... Um, I, bet you, I bet you more than anyone. At La Dome, there was like this private bathroom for celebrities, and he would I sometimes have sex between courses. And he did not want to go into this. I mean, it was, come on, many years ago. But I understand women it, are sensitive. Yeah, but they are. And, when and, I saw that between courses, I was like, okay. You know... <laughs> I'm out. In the 80s, though, I used I can't to make compete. jokes that I bet you he was getting more pussy than me and Mick Jagger put together. Well, he, I mean, all, all you guys, it's a, yes, it's a, nah, it's what, nice. let, let's, I let, hate to even call it like that. But uh, let's like, examine it what. It's degrading, but it isn't. It's, it's like sex is a real thing. People are really, ex, ex, you know, people are attracted sure to is. each other. And it's like, it's, it's amazing. Right. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, it sure I, is. I tell my wife without sex. If I when I when I when I outlive my dick, like Willie Nelson said when he turned, I think eighty or seventy-five, or I think it was seventy-five, and and, and Toby Keith said he said, "Hey Willie, how you doing?" He said, "Well, it looks like I outlived my dick," <laughs> and, and said he wasn't interested in pussy anymore. That now, that's as good as the memory of outlive oh, sorrow. It's right up there. That's right. It's up right up there. I outlive. And my I dick. tell I tell my wife and everybody else when I outlive my dick, I don't know how it's going to be. You know what I mean? Because. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. Sex is a gorgeous. It, I mean, can you imagine that gift that you have? It's like that's a. And also, in the back oh. of your mind, you're always kind of doing everything so that you can still have good sex. Well, I stay healthy for that. Maybe reason. that's just me. But uh, okay, so oh, damn, what is it? I, oh, I wanted to ask you what. What do you think? Let's examine in great detail what it is that makes 
rock stars so irresistible to women? Because it's, it's, I mean, some of them are attractive. You're attractive, Rod's good looking, but that Mick Jagger is a acquired taste, you might say. Um, but uh, it's something obviously way deeper. I think it's that women crave like men to be emotionally honest and men are horrible at that. But, <laughs> but songs do it. Yeah. In Part songs, they're speaking the kind of emotional things that women want to hear always. Don't you think that's the root of it? Well, that's, that's a good start. And the tight pants. <laughs> well, the, but when you see a guy like Mick Jagger or, you know, or myself or any performer, Rod right. Stewart, people that get on stage and perform. You know, some people just stand there and sing. When you see guys right. that move and do things, guys don't do that walking around the streets. Right. So the girls are seeing right. a guy do shit that you would do in the bedroom right. and act sexy, and, and you get away with it. And be uninhibited. And not, yeah, uninhibited. What, what women don't like about us is that we're too cooped up. I mean, I've never had a relationship where I thought, when I thought I was being so open, it's like, what else? And, the, and there always was the complaint that we want to somehow go deeper, this mysterious, deeper region. It's like, I don't know. I've gone as deep as I can. <laughs> this is me. Below that, you found more me. And then there's more me. Beneath that is public parking. I swear, you can't get any deeper. I, I don't know me deeper than this, but they just want to, there's just this mythical place they want to go. And singers, I really do think, they get you to that. They get there to well, that place. Even if it's bullshit, even if it's like, we it's can do it on bullshit. stage. Again. Whoa, hold no, on. The li- you calling me a liar? I'm, I'm saying the, the lyrics coming from a guy yeah. who's going to have three groupies and he's singing, you're the only one. They're well, singing okay. there, bullshit there, lyrics. There can be that too. But I also <laughs> think be. that male and female, we're attracted to bad boys. Like girls are attracted to bad boys a little bit. You know what I mean? Like a so they think maybe it might be a little more exciting. And I'm attracted sometimes to bad girls. You know, you see a girl and think, oh, she's, right. she's kind of nasty. She might right. be really fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just, yes. it's natural sexual yes. instincts and, and animal instincts, you know. But but we got to get off this subject, Bill. You, you Why? Gotta, well, because. Oh, because you're married. Yeah, I mean, my wife at some point is going to say, I, I thought you guys would talk about something. We will get off it. Yeah. The last thing I would want to do is add to the three weeks a year. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I would, I would be like, oh my God, Sammy calls me. four up. weeks out of this, this year. This year it was four weeks, you asshole. No. no. Would, yeah. But you know, now, look, you, uh, can, I, can think, I ask you about Tarantino, yeah. though? See, because yes, that guy is my favorite director, oh, writer of all too. time. Love him. And he is the craziest fucker. You guys, oh. I mean, do you we, know him well? We got to, one reason I love doing Club Random is because I get to know people who I've always liked. I don't have anybody here I don't like and wanted to get to know better. And he's in that category. You're in that category. We, he stuck around after the taping. We went to my house. I don't live here at Club Random. <laughs> this is the nightclub. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I live next door. So we went to my other bar where I live and, you know, that lasted a lo- even longer time He's a fascinating guy. You almost just don't want to stop talking to him because it's like, when am I going to get Freaking him again? genius. I mean, you first know? of all, come on. And he lives in Israel now, and, you know, so I took But why did he quit? I, I mean, I know we don't want him to talk about him all night, oh, but no. he's, he's not about, doing movies anymore, right? You know what? This is the ongoing... It's crazy. That's the, not right. This is Exactly. That's my point of view. This is the ongoing debate he and I have been having. We had it here. We had it on real time. He says he's quitting. He says directors... Oh, if you look at the history, once they get past 60, they're no good. 
and I have been trying to convince him, first of all, that's other people. Second of all, there are some who did very fine things after 60. And the thing I was really harping on when he was here is the last movie he made, to me, is his best. So he's on an upswing. It's I unbelievable. think What's Upon a Time in I don't Hollywood. see how he gets away with it, but it's unbelievable. That, that movie was deep, man. And it was his only movie that wasn't a revenge movie. It was a love story, even though it was between the two guys. Yeah. But it was still a love story. So I feel like he's just at the beginning of a new place. In yeah, his you said that to him. Career. I, I was yeah. tripping on that because I don't see it like that necessarily. He's just brilliant. He's just so deep. He's like the Frank Lloyd Wright of the, I mean, he goes right down to the, you know, Frank Lloyd to be see what kind of nails we're going to put in this thing. They got to match the, you know, the carpet, you know. <clears throat> so you know, yeah, this, his, uh, his detail. You see killing. that door that's completely crooked? Yeah. This house, look at that. You don't usually see a door like that. No, you don't. <laughs> because this it. house was built by a student of Frank Lloyd Wright, who built you, this crazy, I mean, you can't see because it's Do you know nice. his name? No, I forgot. I could Catherine probably Keaton's Clay, maybe? Or oh, I don't know. I don't okay, know. Mark I don't Mills. Know. Oh, wow, you know architects. I've had both of those guys' houses. They worked for Frank Lloyd Wright. I've had a house oh. by each one of those guys. I'm a big, big enough. So you know. And the guy, Mark Mills, makes doors like that. I got oh, one. Oh, is that right? I got one. That I, they tore down one of his houses that I owned, and I fucking went down there and said, I want that fucking door, and they let me have it. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's deep. It's deep. This has got to be him. I bet it's Mark Mills. To walk through. I bet it's Mark Mills. See, you know, it, pro it probably is. Small yeah. world. That, or that's Frank Lloyd was goofy, but he didn't do slanted doors that I remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mark Mills. Yeah. Yeah. And if I smoke enough of this, it's straight. <laughs> Why do you keep putting this thing out? Why do you keep taking it? I don't. It? it goes out. Oh, you squeeze in. Off that's the problem with cloves, Sammy. Yeah. They don't stay lit. This clove industry has got to get its shit together on this one issue. I'm going to run for office as a one-issue candidate, getting clove cigarettes to stay lit. Yes, it's a little limiting, but I think the people are ready for a one-issue candidate. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> so crazy-ass crazy ass Tarantino had a, had a movie called Grindhouse, one of the yes. worst movies he's ever made. I'm really? sorry. Yeah, it Still was, was good. entertaining. Very entertaining. But in the middle of it, some girl walks into a bar and goes... Hey, I'll have a margarita. And he said, and he was a bartender. He said, what would you kind of tequila do you want in that? She said, cobble wobble. And he said, absolutely. Cobble wobble the best. And he goes in and makes her, if, if there's a bottle of, using a bottle of cobble wobble in his damn movie. Is that a real one, cobble wobble? Yes, my first tequila. Oh, you are blue bottle one. Back, I oh. sold that company years ago. But, right. But he used my tequila in that movie. So obviously he was a fan of cobble wobble tequila, which was the first premium tequila wow. right with Patron. We came out at the same time. Patron sold for $5 billion. Five billion. Five billion. Yes. I came out at the same time with Cobble Wild, but I didn't put any money into it. I wasn't a businessman, and I only sold for $100 million. I, I heard that, $100 million. That, that was 13 a, years ago. So that's a true that's reported a true fact, the yeah. $100 million? Because usually when they talk about how much people make or how much they earn, they have no idea they make it up. Well, so it, I'm hearing it from the horse's mouth. I'll you got you, $100 million. Exactly how it worked. They said... They came to my cantina in Kabul, Luca Garavoglia, the only owner of Campari, and his attorney, Stefano. They came with another guy, too. And they said, you know, we want to talk. You know, they sent me an email, said, yeah, we want to, uh, are you for sale? I said, no, I don't want to sell. This guy that worked for Sky Vodka, who they owned, contacted me and said, they want to buy your tequila. I said, it's not for sale. How much do you want to buy it for? He said, 10 times earnings. And I said, 10 times earnings? I was making about 7 million bucks a year profit at that time. For three years in a row, 6.2, 6.8, 7.3, averaged out to six, 
$5.7 million for the three years, and they said, we'll give you $67 million for it. I'm, I'm by myself. I didn't have a lawyer. I'm just saying, what the fuck? Two days later, I said, you know what? I don't think so. I said, you know, I, I, love, I love this brand. I'm rich as fuck. I'm making so much money off it. I'm a rock star already. I own everything. What am I going to do? Just stick, it, <laughs> stick it in a fucking bank, right? Yeah, right. And they said... Uh, and they said, well, what would, you know, what would make you change your mind? I said, well, it's just not changing my life. You know, it's like, I mean, my life's good. I don't need a change. And they said, what would it take to change your life? I said, you know, fuck, like $100 million. And they looked at each other like this real quick. I'm sitting here, and they went, okay. And I fucking fell on the floor, rolling around the ground laughing. So I get the brilliant idea. It sounds it, like you could have got 150 Oh, fuck, probably easy. But I'm going, I get the brilliant idea. Okay, after we start doing all the due diligence, this is a stupid, how stupid everyone thinks of a good businessman. I said, I want to keep 20% because I want to sell it back to you later. And they said, okay. So they gave me $80 million, right? And there was about $3 million in the pipeline that, you know, was already bills coming in, money coming in, you know, like royalties from sales. By the time they bought it back, they said they'd have to buy it back within a certain amount of time. And but when, when they bought it back, it was only thir worth $13 million. So I, with the seven, I got about $97 million. Yes, in my fucking pocket. No, I doubt it. Well, what did the state of California take? Half of it. Well, between the state and the federal government. I state of California for $11 million. You got off easy. Yeah. I mean, and then federal. I mean, now it's more. No, I'm talking. And look, yeah. no, obviously I, we need to pay taxes. It was capital gains. I paid my capital gains right. 15%. But, I mean... I wouldn't say in California I'm undertaxed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't make that complaint. <clears throat> if I was going to sell one of these brands to do it again, I'd get the fuck out of California. <laughs> it's, uh, don't, don't, I, I didn't mean, say that. You know, it's so funny. The Republicans used to always have this talking point about, we don't want to be punishing success. And part of that is bullshit. And part of it is sort of coming true here in California. I mean, you, they are right up to the line of punishing, and you know, you do lose like Elon Musk moved to Texas. I mean, no, it's happening. There are people moving to Florida right in Florida. Right Here's the whole thing, Bill, and I think you would agree. I love California. Yes. I love living in Laguna Beach. I love living in Mill Valley, California. I love, I love this the coastline. You know, the the Big Sur area. I love California. There's no place like it. If you want to live here, you're gonna have fucking have to pay. Now, at my age, maybe I'm gonna live to be a hundred, which I think I am. So I got 25 more years. I couldn't spend my money. I, I give more away than I fucking than the government takes anyway, uh, which is tax deductible because I have a foundation. Uh, so I, I think I'm, I'm happy. I already made this. I argue with my, my rich friends that are moving. I say, what the fuck? You guys really want to live in Texas? You know, I love Texas. But yeah. my fans are big fans of yeah. Texas. But I don't want to live in fucking in the desert. I, I, I just feel the like there, I would be completely okay with something called a lucky tax. Because we're lucky. <laughs> How's that work? Oh, yeah. Well, okay, what yeah. it works is I, it's, I've always believed that what makes you rich is a fluke, a fluke of the time you live in. Um, a baseball player who can throw a ball 100 miles an hour can get a $100 million contract. Now, if you could throw a rock that fast 200 years ago, it would be worth absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, and you can sing great, which really has no intrinsic value. Same with me, a clown, a funny clown. Okay, uh, but for, for whatever reason, these things are prized. And so 
I would submit to, okay, the lucky tax. My problem is when it goes through the filter, I would rather just give it like, okay, yeah. we're, we're lucky. Support a school. I will just, not a school, people. A church, a, a hospital. A, a church, definitely not that. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, but like just give, it's more like what Andrew Yang talked about, just give directly the money. Direct. As opposed to like when it goes through the government maw, especially now California, it's just, there's so much red tape and bureaucracy and bullshit and pig trickle with their down. No. snouts in the trough. It don't make it, it just, to the... It doesn't right. It's just creating more you. bureaucracy and bullshit and rules and tell you how to live and just give them the money and say, okay, my that's the lucky tax. We're lucky because what we have made us this ridiculous money and we're going to Acknowledge that. And I want to live in California. I made up my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, what could drive me out is the fires. Oh, fuck. You can't, you, you can't, that is the one thing that's not negotiable. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, regulations are annoying when they're over the top and unnecessary and bureaucracy and red tape and overtaxation. But the thing that is the real, the one that could actually drive me out is well, yeah. I, I'm not going to breathe ash if that's the permanent state. And that could become yeah, I don't the know permanent why there's state. so many fires. What do you think? You think that people are setting these fires? You think it's arson? You think it's terrorism? Or do you think it's just coincidence? It's drought. Oh. It's global warming. Oh, we have no water oh, here. We haven't we for don't. years. I flushed the toilet. I peed in your toilet and I flushed it. You could, okay. We st I, that's the thing. I turn on the tab. Every day, and I'm like, where is this shit coming from? Yeah. It never rains. Where are they getting it? I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm concerned. That's why I, it, it... I turn the faucets off in between brushing teeth. I take a shower, I soap up, and I turn it back on. <laughs> oh, back. well. No, yeah. because I care. Yeah, we've got this problem licked. Yeah, no, well, no, but if everybody and, else did a little bit, yeah. you could serve it. Okay, but, but... There is a drought, yeah. <laughs> a worldwide it's, fucking it's drought, a, I think. Well, no, it's not worldwide. The parts of the country are flooded. Well, that's true, they but, yeah, we are just in this horrible place, and I don't know how it... That is what I worry about most with California, is something that they can't control. Um, I mean, if we were an innovative country, like Amsterdam or some of these places that deal with extreme weather, and they're just very clever about how they handle it, we're not that anymore. We're not clever. We can't get shit done. Even if we thought of the right answer, it would never get done because it would have to pass all the regulations and the bureaucracy. I mean, they can't fucking build a railroad from Mendocino to Bakersfield in this state. It's, it's, it's No, really, America is sad. It is a sad place it, it's because becoming, it, it's, it is it's, becoming. I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. They just, we just can't do anything. We just can't get Now that get breaks it up. my heart too. It you breaks know, my I, heart too, but I, that's, that's a whole other thing. But Bill, so you, you're funny. You have such a, a, a crazy <laughs> ass sense of humor. It's so twisted. It's, it's on, it's on a fucking, it's, it's like. Thank you, bro. But so have you, you think about all this shit or you of just randomly not. blow this shit out? <laughs> what does this look like? This I thought you really about anything. <laughs> The only thing I have to think about right now is I have to go actually go back to work. I uh, oh no, we have another. In, okay, then I go back to work because you, I told them when I was doing that. I said you have another guest coming after me. I do, and, and you're going to smoke another joint, or you're just going to go straight yeah, up? Yeah, probably one with Jimmy. No, of course, it's just two joints. What? What the fuck kind of weed? 
Man, the weed I used to smoke when I was a kid, you could smoke a joint or two. The weed nowadays, you fucking roll one up. Yeah, but not when you've been smoking for 40 years. Oh, yeah. I see this. Because I smoke, <laughs> I smoke once every 40 oh, years. My that, wife and I, yes. when we, we had a house in Hawaii, in Maui, for 25, 30 years, whatever it was. And, our, and we just sold it recently. But every time we went to Maui, we'd get high there because nobody around. I'm all this acreage. I'm out in the middle of the jungle, right on a, on a big cliff. We get fucked up because she knows if I get high, I am paranoid like a mother. Yeah, then don't. Exactly. I always say it to people. Pot only works on a certain percentage. Yeah. I totally get it. I'm like you fucking, know? what was that? Right. Wait, the uh, phone rang. <laughs> right. That's the way I get when I eat it. That's why I don't eat it oh, anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, wait, when are too. you in Maui? Because I go there every year to do a show on New Year's. The, no, I, I, we sold the house about f three years ago. You know what? I do this Hawaii. But you know Shep Gordon, my, my buddy? Of course, I, I've been there. Yeah, uh, with, of course you have. Yeah. I lived in um, past Twin Falls, about three miles past Twin Falls, a place called Waipio uh, Bay. I lived oh, right at the oh, end I've of Waipio Bay. You drove down two miles down a dirt road and through a fucking crazy, whacked out You should come there at New Year's time. I, I, I do sometimes. Look, I used to oh, spend I'm there. there. I, I, okay, you, we got to hook up on this. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I love Maui. It's a magical place. Magic, yeah. right? Oh, I, When I, we get I, high there, I have fucking shit coming to my right. head. I'll be going, wow. She'll say, what? I go, I don't know, but I just had, I just had a beautiful vision. I mean, like deep shit. I, I love it. I, I'm a born I'm a born stone. I should be stoned, but but I can't. I'm a singer and, and I'm and I'm that, get stupid. Yeah, and I'm already dumb. No, I'm, I'm already no, stupid. No, you're hardly dumb. And I I I think it's fantastic that you take care of your voice for your audience. Uh, absolutely. Right. You want and you want to keep doing what you're doing, and you're still do. doing it. You got a million things coming. I up. do. My body, all of it, man. I work let's, out. All right, let's go out on you plugging your, what do you have coming up? You have like books, tours, <laughs> what do you have? I've got a new book you called The Cocktail Book. I've got a... The Cocktail Book. Yeah, it's, it's called, uh, yeah, it's called Sammy's Greatest Hits. Sammy's behind, Greatest Hits. Behind the bar and in front store. of the bar, something like that. Okay. <laughs> something like cocktail, that. Sammy's Greatest Cocktail Hits. Okay, then I've got a new record coming out with my band of circle, Michael Anthony, Jason Bonham, and Vic Johnson, oh. and it's called uh, Crazy Times, produced by Dave Crazy Cobb. Times. Yeah. And then we got, uh, and then I got my new canned cocktails. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And, and beach bar cocktails with rum uh, and Santo tequila. And, Santo. And, yeah. And uh, I eat it. Oh, and I'm going on tour this summer. George <laughs> Thorogood is, is opening. And he's got a tour. Yes, because with George Thorogood, who's a party animal, sound, you know, he one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. I drink alone, you know. Uh, it's going to be a fun tour. All right. Hello? So get the tour. Are you listening? Yeah. Write this down. There's a tour. There's a book. There's an album. There's some <clears throat> perfume jellies. No, 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 no. Wait, uh, okay. And I'm going to be on the Bill Maher show. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Bill Maher. William. You haven't gotten one of my well, names Bill, in my show. Right. This is that, Club Random. Oh, Club Random. That I was be on politically Club incorrect. Oh, yeah. And the one I do Which now is. I know you is, are, and I am. My too. real job is on real time. <laughs> I've got to bring my stuff here, I promise. You know, oh, yeah. your people gotta, that work for you, I got to bring. I asked stuff. them to, to keep an eye on my phone for me, and the lady oh. said, oh, yeah, last time I was here, I left my phone. And I said, well, then I'm not leaving mine with you. Fuck, I gotta go bring my own. Oh,